the cruise director actually had to come out and say like, we're having technical issues. Oh, like, we're God. sorry. <laughs> so more technical problems. Oh, geez. Oh, I, could, I couldn't even imagine being that cruise director. Oh, geez. back everybody to this week's bonus episode of the dcl duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and sam we're headed to kind of breakdownville today are we we are we're headed to talk about something a little bit less than happy (laughs) i would say (laughs) a little bit depressing which was the wish breakdown just i guess that was about a week or two weeks ago at this point no uh, maybe about a week ago. We'll find out. We've got Nick with us who was on board the ship. And while we have our own thoughts, we thought it w- would be good to have someone who has actually experienced the thing to be on the show. So let me start by welcoming Nick to the show. Welcome, Nick. Thanks for having me. Appreciate being here. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. Hey, before we dive into the topic, Nick, uh, why don't you give folks a little idea of your Disney sailing background? How many times have you sailed with Disney and you know which ships have you been on? That kind of thing. Sure. So we've been on the Dream twice. Uh, once before we had kids, once when we had just the one uh, child, our oldest. And now this is our third sailing on the Wish. And we have our three-year-old now, Nico, and we brought our one-year-old along with us as well, Rocco. So third Disney cruise, but been on a ton of other cruises amongst various different cruise lines over the years. Well, and Nick, let me ask this, since uh, we're going to be talking about kind of a problem that occurred on the Wish, have you encountered any kind of similar problems on other cruise lines? Oh, yes. Um, especially when we sail around hurricane season. So actually, back in November, we were supposed to be on a three-day Royal Caribbean cruise, and it turned into a two-day cruise due to um, the ship coming back into Port Canaveral a little bit later, so it was delayed. So we've experienced some some of this stuff before. And for our listeners out there, you were on a three-night Bahamian sailing aboard the Wish. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Starting on Friday and returning on Monday, the usual Nassau Castaway K, or it was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be. Supposed to yeah. be. That's the operative word. And, and let's just let's just quickly orient folks here to what we're talking about in case you missed it. So on this sailing, uh, the Wish stayed docked in Nassau overnight due to an engine problem. And we will get into sort of what was conveyed on board and what we've learned online. But the crux of the issue here is that the Wish was parked overnight in Nassau, ultimately missed its castaway key stop, and then returned back to Port Canaveral because of a mechanical failure uh, on the engine. And so actually, I don't know if it was the engine or the Azipod. We might figure that out here as we talk. But mechanical problem caused the ship to be held overnight in Nassau. So Nick, let me just ask, what was the first indicator that something was wrong on the ship? Did you notice anything at sail away? Like, wow, this thing seems to be rumbling a little bit more than not. Or was it an announcement? Like, how did you sort of figure out something's not right here? No, actually, sail away went just as planned. Um, and the ship departed on time. So nothing from sail away was really the issue. Actually, we didn't really know anything was going on until the next morning. So I actually was up extremely early in the morning on day two because our one-year-old decided to wake up at 3.30 in the morning. (laughs) So it was me and the power washers. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so it was me and the power washers on uh, the pool deck uh, drinking some coffee together and uh, just strolling around the ship. But um, once the like breakfast service started and we still weren't anywhere near land, that was kind of the first inkling that something was up a little bit. And 
then the captain came on the PA saying that our arrival would be delayed due to a technical issue. And that's kind of all they said was just, we're going to be arriving by around 1045 with guests being able to go ashore around 11 in the morning and that they were going to adjust some of the uh, excursions that people had booked in Nassau to you know make sure they could still go just a little bit later. So that was the first uh, sign. But um, after that, the I mean, the shift just seemed to be going slower. It, other than that, no real issues. I know some people said that they were using bow thrusters when we were sailing, which is a, a little bit strange. And then when we approached Nassau, we needed tugs to get in. So that was the next problem. Oh, interesting. So she didn't go into dock completely under her own power. There were t- tugs pulling the wish into dock at Nassau. Yeah, they were nudging us um, to make sure that we could get alongside. And and you all went in face forward into Nassau, right? There was no, they didn't back into Nassau? No, they did not back in. Yeah, we were facing. Yeah, which is unusual. Usually they like to to back the Disney ships in for some reason. Was, was the captain's initial announcement, did he say anything that it was like the engine or did he just say they're having a technical problem? They, they just said technical problem and that we were going to be late. And that was kind of the end of it. No one was really upset at that point. You know, people were just enjoying themselves. It wasn't too much of a delay. I, I forget what time we were actually supposed to be docked there because we weren't planning really on doing much in Nassau anyway. So we weren't, you know, we were planning on just staying on the ship. So we didn't, you know, I, I don't know what time it was supposed to arrive. I, I bet it was probably around like 9.30. I think that's kind of the the standard into Nassau time. So you don't, we're only maybe delayed by a little over an hour. I'm curious, when you all did dock in Nassau, did they, you know, update the app or send any message or make any announcements about all aboard time being different than whatever it was supposed to be? No, they they just, um, everything was as planned. So the all aboard time, I think, was around six o'clock or so to, to be back on board. So no real change there. And the next announcement we received was probably closer to later in the afternoon, I'd say around like four o'clock or so, where the captain came back on and said that they had engineers that were actively looking at the issue and that due to that, we would have to stay in Nassau a little bit longer, but they were not going to be allowing guests to go back on shore that we would be staying in Nassau. And at that time, they said it would just be a couple hours, maybe two or three hours more. So let me go back here for a second. So the, if I heard you correctly, the mood on board in the morning, eh, no big deal, right? We're getting in a little late, not a big deal. We're all going to get to your shore excursions if we have them. It's fine. What's the mood after the second announcement at this point? People getting a little bit more concerned from what you're seeing? Or, or what did the mood seem like on board at that point? Well, I still think people thought like, oh, minor issue, don't worry about it. Tomorrow's going to be fine. It's supposed to be a nice day. Um, the next day for Castaway, you know, that's what the weather forecast said at the time. So it was just like, oh, no, no biggie. So no real, no, no. At that point, there was no like long lines to get services. That would quickly change though. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. Right. So tell tell us what um, at some point you all find out you're not having fireworks, right? I, I I imagine that might have been the announcement that started. But tell me if I'm I'm wrong. Is that the announcement that starts uh, people getting annoyed? Because you know if you're leaving a couple hours late from Nassau, 
you might still be able to make it out to sea in time to do a fireworks show around, you know, 10 something at night. But if you don't leave until much later, it becomes an issue. Yeah. And they they did mention pretty early on that we weren't going to be doing the fireworks when they knew we were delayed. So but they still kind of said, oh, the pirate party is still going to happen at the same time. We're just not going to have the fireworks. At that point, there was no real time that we would be leaving Nassau yet. So they communicated that out through the app pretty quickly and same over the PA. So uh, again, like in that first announcement, when they canceled that, I didn't see people, you know, up in arms or anything like that. I I just think people thought, oh, they'll just, you know, maybe reschedule it for another, another day or or what, or whatnot. Now, when they made that announcement, were there still some people though off the ship in Nassau, right? Because when they announced the delay, you're still a couple hours away from sail away. Yes, correct. Correct. So when they did make the announcement that we'd be staying a little bit later, then we just went to dinner and everything else planned. And I actually, we were sailing concierge. So I was talking to G in the concierge lounge and he was like, oh, don't even worry about it. They can basically like untie here and like float over to Castaway in just a couple hours. So it doesn't really matter what time we leave. G G is 100% correct. I mean, Castaway and NASA are so close. In fact, a lot of people, when you are looking for the weather report at Castaway, um, if you can't find it in your weather app, people say to either look at NASA or Abaco because they're very, very close to Castaway. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't think G was wrong for thinking everything would be moving. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I mean, I guess that night, you know, our hours kept going so we went to dinner we were still docked and then we went back to our room um my we started getting the one-year-old ready for bed and my wife and son went down to see the little mermaid so as they did that you know i was just sitting on the balcony my my son passed out early that night from being up at 3 30 in the morning and <laughs> now i was just sitting because our room was facing the dock side so we i was just looking out onto the uh terminal and stuff that they built there and just had a drink out in the balcony. I was just watching. But at one point, I thought we were going to leave because they had people out on the dock. It looked like they were getting ready for some sort of movement or some sort of activity. So I actually texted my wife and said, oh, I think we're going to move soon because it looks like there's people down there that are preparing to at least untie us. But then that didn't happen. What's the next communication you all get from the cruise line? So the next morning, we woke up and I looked out the room and we were still in Nassau. <laughs> oh, wow. So they didn't even so they no. didn't send a message or announce anything that night. We're not leaving no. dock. Wow. No. no. So everybody mm-hmm. thought everybody went to bed probably thinking uh, we, they, they were going to be moved in the middle of the night. Yep. Um, and then when I walked out the door, I was just going to run to the concierge lounge to grab a coffee. And there was a note on the back of our stateroom door. So I opened it. And that's where that I'm sure you've seen it on Facebook. There was a note that was sent saying, you know, we've had to stay overnight in Nassau due to a technical issue. But like good news, they fixed the issue overnight. We'll be departing around uh, 10 Eastern time. And due to bad weather in Castaway, we will un- be, un- be unable to go to Castaway. But as basically like a gesture of goodwill, we're giving you $100 onboard credit for stateroom and a 20% off uh, future cruise voucher that you can use on any three or long, three night or longer Disney sailing up until May of 2025. And that's okay. when the line started, I guess, services. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you get a, 
let's just go over the the details here. So you have two years to use the 20% off of a future cruise, but there are blackout dates. So you can't use it like for Christmas or some of the other high season probably dates. And then $100 onboard credit. Is that per stateroom for all of that? It was. It was per stateroom. And that showed up probably like halfway through the day on um, the then C-Day that I saw it on my app. And I talked to G because I was going to buy a placeholder for another uh, cruise anyways. And I was asking him, I was like, oh, can we, can I combine it, uh, the placeholder with the coupon? He's like, yes, like you can stack them. And if you're sailing concierge, again, we just treat it the same. You know, It'll give you $100 onboard credit. It'll take the $250 off. And then you'll get 20% off of the, the concierge fare, you know, which is rare for them to do that because the placeholder, you don't get the 10% off the concierge rate. Right, right. So just for people who are listening who have not sailed concierge, um, if you uh, basically a placeholder for concierge is worthless, you you can't use them. It does. They don't give you any discount like they do for regular sailing. So you can't stack the discount because you can't use the placeholder for a concierge discount. But for what you're saying, Nick, is if you're going to book another sailing not in concierge, you basically can get 30 percent off. Yes, yes. Correct. That's good for somebody who is going to sail Disney Cruise Line again, concierge or non-concierge, 20% off of concierge or 30% off non-concierge. Both of those are are very decent discounts if you're booking, let's say, a cruise in Europe or a seven-night sailing or something like that. Mm -hmm. And when I first read the letter that they sent us, I... My first thing when I read when I saw that letter back there, I was like, oh, they're definitely gonna there's something in here that they're gonna give us, like some sort of goodwill gesture. And when I sat on the balcony and read it, I was my first impression was like, eh, I mean it's nice, but the for the majority of people that maybe flew in or were from out of the country and um, they might not take a Disney cruise in the next two years. I mean, we're in Florida. So I actually already booked our our next one with the discount for February for my son's birthday on the same itinerary. But, you know, I felt bad for those people. And I think that's why the guest services lines were like the, the longest that day. And the other thing in that letter that just kind of rubbed me a little bit the wrong way is they... They blamed our castaway not able to dock due to the weather and not due to the technical issue. And when I woke up in the middle of the night at like three, three, four in the morning and looked out and saw that we were still in NASA, I was like, there is no way now the ship can get to castaway because the weather at that point was very nice. Um, the weather did, in terms of wind and stuff like that, did start to take a dip in the later part of the morning on that last day. So, and I know Castaway is a tough one to dock at, but you know, I just think if you're having technical issues, just blame the whole thing on technical issues and don't put the weather in there for something. Right. Cause it, it, they may have been able to get to Castaway or if they had left as they were supposed to and then gotten into Castaway early, who knows, right? They may have been mm-hmm. able to dock into Castaway just fine. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's it's hard for the passengers to hear right. the, of the blame on the weather when it doesn't look what well, one when it looks nice, but also when the delay is clearly caused by a mechanical issue. Correct. Yeah, I wonder... You know, what What was the vibe on board from folks? I, you know, as you said, you know, you can, for somebody who's going to be a returning cruiser, this could be of a, a quite a large, or as we sort of mentioned, it could be a quite a sort large value, a bigger value than getting, let's say, a partial refund. Um, but what would, what was the vibe on board from, from guests in, in general, or what could you tell? 
Ooh, well, the worst I saw was, I guess the deck, it was the same deck as guest services. There was this one lady and she probably had about five or six officers around her and she was just going nuts, screaming. And I mean, that's no way to handle you know something like this. I mean, I travel a lot for work just for my job and I've just learned, you know, things like this happen, like mechanical delays happen on airplanes, on cruise ships, on anything that's very technical like this. And you kind of just have to go with the flow a little bit. Like they, they weren't sending us back to Port Canaveral early. I did hear someone was supposed to get married and cast away that day. So I don't know if she was part of that group because, you know, I do feel bad for, for something like that. But um, some people's nerves were were much higher than others. I think some people took it not too bad. Like they just viewed it. Oh, it's another it's a sea day. They, they're not taking anything away from us on board in terms of amenities. If anything, they added more to do on the ship that last day. But th- there was a, a definitely a, a whole range of moods uh, for sure. And that line, like that, this is one reason I am so happy we were in concierge this cruise because the line at guest services, oh my gosh, it was all the way down, like past that bar and things like that there. It was really long. So I had to use a couple of gift cards uh, to apply. So I'm happy I just could go right to G and say, can you apply this to my account, please? And it was done like within two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I wonder what, you know, we, we've talked to quite a bit about this on in our Facebook group about, you know, was this a fair compensation? You know, what Disney offered to guests? And, and I think there's a, a lot of opinions out there. I'm curious, as somebody who was on the ship, what, what you think about that, Nick? I mean, in terms of for a technical compensation, I think it was fair, you know, giving some sort of future cruise credit. Is it fair across like, and they don't have to do anything for a missed stop, right? You sign that in your cruise contract. If the weather's bad at Castaway and they can't dock, they don't have to give you anything in return. It's There's no guarantee due to weather that they'll dock anywhere. But, you know, just looking across the industry at other cruise lines, when they have these sort of technical issues um, and like, Specifically, I look to Carnival because I feel like they usually have the most technical issues. Uh, <laughs> they they typically will give like a fifty percent refund plus a fifty percent future cruise credit. So it's almost like a, a a credit back for what you paid and a voucher for a future cruise. Because you know some people they might not want to take another cruise after experiencing something like that. Um, so for those people, and you know Disney cruises are not. The, the cheapest thing in the world. So, uh, you know, to pay all the money for a, a three-day sailing and then have this coupon that you have to use if you weren't, you know, necessarily planning or budgeting to take your family on another Disney cruise in the near future. I mean, that's just kind of a... It, there was no option for like a 20% refund in lieu of the voucher or something like that. So that's a, a great point, um, Nick. I I personally, and this is, again, my completely my personal belief, my belief is they should have offered either the 20% off of a future cruise plus $100 onboard credit, or let's say anywhere between a 10 and 20% uh, refund on your cruise that you took. Because, and, and they could have, like I said, they could have offered it as, you know, it could be less than what they offered in, in the future cruise credit discount, right? So they could offer 50 
15% if you want a refund, but 20% if you want it as a future cruise credit. But that way, at least people for whom it's a one and done get some kind of compensation other than $100 because $100 is an onboard credit is is a very small amount. Yeah. I, I will say this though, when I went to book the next sailing, so I knew we were probably going to do another Disney cruise and I'd I was kind of looking then when I had this discount at my son's birthday, we were debating whether or not to do my son's birthday in February or to book that Disney or DVC member exclusive cruise that's happening on, I think, the Magic that does like the double dip at Lighthouse. Yes. That was, that was what I was. Oh, you are. I, we were going to book that. And then when we got this coupon, we're like, oh, maybe we should just do our son's birthday. So we chose that one instead. But we, when I called Disney to apply it, the, I, I called Monday or not Monday, Tuesday. So like literally the day after we came back and they had no record of anything loaded in there yet. So I gave it a couple of days and called on Thursday and it was in their system. All the agents were aware of it. And I booked the cruise. They applied the discount, no problem. And actually the agent said, oh, you actually get another $100 onboard credit uh, for this issue. Like, So they gave us another $100 plus the Plus the placeholder one hundred dollars, so we're oh, actually wow. got a hundred dollars. I don't know if that's just a technical thing in Disney system right now or not, but we got a hundred dollars on board, and I got a hundred dollars when I applied the um, the coupon. Oh wow! So you actually, so you essentially got a hundred dollar onboard credit for both cruises. Correct. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's really in in essence a two hundred dollar onboard credit, but maybe they didn't. Yeah, maybe. Well, it it sounds like they maybe didn't message that. Um, <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, or, or maybe they, or maybe they're applying it more generously than they intended on. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode let me just make one comment here which is on the the um credit side i do want to orient into history here like regardless of what we think disney should have done i just will say the the what they did do is consistent with what they did for the wonder i think it was last season in alaska she had some engine problems and had to miss a stop and i believe it was ketchikan and they offered essentially the same deal although it was 150 dollars per stateroom instead of 100 although that would have been a seven night cruise so i have a feeling what's going on the back end here by the way is they're going we have a sliding scale based on length of cruise as to what the onboard credit needs to be and you know you had seven nights or more we'll give you 150 dollars or whatever it is uh but they gave them a 20 percent future cruise credit no sort of refund so I think what you're butting up against here is just 
Disney's got a chart back <laughs> at corporate that says, if this happens, here's what we do for everybody on board. Regardless of whether I agree with it or not, I think it's consistent with what they've with what they've done in the in the past. So I think that that's good, right? That's good that they're being somewhat consistent in how they treat this. And and Brian, to that point, correct me if I'm wrong, but when they just have a weather issue and they don't stop at, let's say, Castaway or some other stop, if there are port taxes, they refund the port taxes, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, if they can't stop at a port, generally speaking, they're just refunding you your port taxes. They usually don't because you can't accomplish. So for weather, nothing they can do. And frankly, if they started doing stuff for that, like, well, we didn't get into Castaway because of the weather, so we're going to give you X. Okay, but we got into Castaway and got rained out, right? Which we've we've experienced. <laughs> like we had to all go back on the ship. They closed the island. You know, we didn't get anything for that. The, the, you get this line drawing. So I think the line drawing that you have to look at is: is it Disney's fault and within Disney's control, or is it not Disney's fault? and not within Disney's control. And so whether you get nothing mechanical, you should get something. And then I think you're quibbling over sort of what the something is. And I've heard some people out there kind of say, like, we see the line of guest services. I think I said this online. We see the line of guest services. Fireworks are canceled. I need my, I need a full refund, right? You've like, I've paid so much money. I I wanted to see the fireworks ruin the cruise. And I think we all have to take a deep breath and recognize First and foremost, you're still on board what is essentially a five-star all-inclusive resort. Right. And so just, you know, let's just take a breath there. I'm not saying that the 20% was right and 20% wrong. I think if I surveyed 100 people, 90 to 99 of them would tell me no one gets a full refund out of this. Right. <laughs> like that's not, that's not probably fully reasonable for the situation that happened. Everything was still working on board. You just got sort of stuck in Nassau for the night. So I think, I think take that deep breath, step back and understand things happen. And I think the two other pieces of advice I've just been sort of really mulling through my mind this week, that if I could tell every listener out there, which I guess now I get a chance to, is just in the post-COVID travel world, uh, I won't use foul language on this show because we're family friendly, but stuff happens, right? And so I think we have learned stuff happens. And so you got to kind of go into it with the mentality of roll with it a little bit. Doesn't mean you shouldn't ask for things or get things fixed or if something's going wrong, you shouldn't seek to have it corrected. But just be prepared. Vacations aren't going as smoothly as they once were, see baggage delays at Heathrow, see canceled flights all over the country, see all of this sort of stuff, which leads me to my second point. Ask your travel agent or go research travel insurance yourself. Uh, We carry an annual travel policy because we travel enough. Some people that may not make sense, but Trip insurance, I think, is a great thing. And I think this was called out online for uh, from somebody. Some of those policies will cover things like this. If your trip is interrupted for some reason or you can't make a port stop, there is a potential policy out there. I don't know of it. I can't advise you on it. But read the fine print. There may be something that would say, you know what? We are going to give you some compensation for that, right? I, I don't know. And I'll second that. Because uh, the um, on the cruise that that we that that hurricane happened and it turned from a three day to a two day, we had travel insurance through a third party. Even though we were delayed by a day, we were able to collect on the trip uh, delay because we had a letter from the cruise line and we got uh, about a thousand dollars per person. So there was four of us. So we went and booked a huge room at the Riviera for the night. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, so yeah, you, you still need, it. yeah, because you still need some place to stay, right? Your your trip got delayed by a full day. You need a hotel to stay at nearby if you don't want to trek all the way back home, or if that's not an option for folks like us from the other side of the country, right? So it's yeah, super important. But I think your point, Nick, about you know, for people who travel a lot, this is probably less of a big deal because they're used to some uh, travel. You know, travel delays have happened before or interruptions have. Happened happened before. I can 
completely understand for someone who this was their first and maybe only uh, trip, which I will say the Wish in general has a lot more of those first time cruisers because it's the shorter itineraries. So I, I, in some ways, I feel bad for Disney because those there's more of those people on board and a lot of them might be pretty upset about this circumstance. Please don't take my comments as anything, but I sympathize. I hate when we miss stops. I We can't get into Castaway Key or we get rained out. It's not great. It's not great. And if it's a once in a lifetime thing, I 100% agree, especially not great out there. But this, the flip side of it is, you know, we have friends who've sailed Disney five or six times now, or maybe actually seven or eight and have gotten into Castaway Key like exactly twice. <laughs> so like they're constantly missing Castaway Key. So that port stop, a great one. We highlighted on the show a ton. It is an awesome place. Disney misses that stop more often than you might think. And so if you're betting on that as a port stop, just know it may not happen. Um, doesn't mean it always doesn't happen. Doesn't mean it happens uh, or it gets canceled frequently or anything like that. But it certainly happens enough that we hear about it uh, that they couldn't make it into Castaway, usually for weather. Usually for weather. My nephew is Cannon. Cannon rope guns to dock the ship there. So you know it's a, a, t- a tough one to dock at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, now, Nick, tell us, so so you're sailing again, uh, obviously. Uh, any feeling from, you know, the vibe on board as to were there people who will say, now that this happened, I'm never sailing Disney again? Ooh, I mean, I didn't hear it. So my experience is kind of limited, I guess, in what I've overheard people saying in the concierge lounge. And no one up there was really that upset about it. So... Um, like I didn't see people yelling at any of the concierge hosts or anything like that. So I, I didn't see that. Just just the huge lines down at the regular guest services. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that's because the folks who are in concierge are thinking, hmm, how do I work this to my advantage? I'm going to book exactly. an even more expensive cruise and get 20% off. They're all doing the math in their head, knowing that they can get real like huge, huge value out of this if you apply it to, let's say, a cruise in Europe or Alaska or so, one of the more expensive cruises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well, that's that's one of the points I wanted to make too, just to put it into frame for folks as you think about what the value of that future cruise credit is versus the value of, say, a refund. The refund is on a fixed amount. So let's just say you paid $2,000 for the cruise. I know it's more than that. Well, just for ease let's of say my $3, math. $3,000. Okay. okay. $3,000. Make the math more difficult. Fine. Uh, $3,000 <laughs> for the cruise. And they decide to give you, you know, 20% back, right? Your option is take 20% back or take a 20% future cruise credit. Well, that 20% is what, $600, Sam? Did I do the math right? 600 bucks? Um, that's a $600 back to your pocket. Well, but if you go out and you were, say, already planning or considering taking a seven-night cruise that runs you four or $5,000 to sail on Disney Cruise Line, well, now that credit's worth 800 to $1,000. So I would even say, let's say a six, let's make our math easier, Brian. So if you've got a, a $6,000 cruise, right, versus a $3,000 cruise, that $800 is now 1600 Yeah, I mean, the point is, it's a potentially appreciating asset, especially because the cruise prices are going up. In fact, I think somebody said they went to book the same cruise this time next year, and it was already $1,500 more, right? Yeah, I was looking, I was like, I want the exact same room for my son's, you know, birthday week. And I looked at it, I was like, man, that's like at least $1,500 more than what I paid for this one. But, you know, anyways, everything's going up in price. And and that, but the 20% saved, like when I did apply the 20%, I was like, 
like, ah, it's not that bad for another concierge room. So we'll book it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nick, I wanted to ask about one last thing, which is I know that there was some discussion about like in the theater the night after this all went down, like the mood was pretty bad. I don't know if you were there or you experienced any of it, but. um, Oh, yes. (laughs) I forgot about that. Well, the um, the last night they they did do the fireworks, by the way, they they, at, at sea, they did have the fireworks show. So the fireworks did occur on the cruise at sea just on the third night. So we did have fireworks. They, they oh, fixed fantastic. That. Yeah. Did they had done the pirate? Did they they did the pirate deck party while in port at Nassau? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. That's right. So there was no pirate night, just normal programming, but they had a set time for the fireworks. So the fireworks went on just night three. On night three, though, uh, I brought my son down to see Aladdin because we had early dining. Our show was at 8.30. We got there right around 8.30 and sat down and the show uh, didn't start until after nine o'clock. They sent some poor cast member out to do some trivia like around 8.45 or so. And she got through question maybe 10 and then the audience just started to chant, start the show, start the show. (laughs) The cruise director actually had to come out and say like, we're having technical issues. We're sorry. (laughs) So more technical problems. But the show started around nine and actually my son then fell asleep around 20 minutes into it. So I just took him out of there. So I didn't even get to see the whole thing. But from what I, from what we saw it was good oh geez oh i could i couldn't even imagine being that cruise director oh geez well nick what have we not talked about in terms of this say i mean ultimately things got fixed you got out of nasa you headed back to port canaveral i'm assuming there was no other sort of technical issues with getting back into port canaveral everything else went smoothly but i did hear by the way the cruise after yours was significantly delayed in its own boarding i don't think they boarded until about seven o'clock that night so that that's yeah that was a big uh, a big problem but yeah and i, I think they had a turnaround too because they had a medical issue once they left so they actually left port canaveral and i turned back but you know we got back to port canaveral on, on time and uh, debark was fine like no issues with that. Our biggest concern, honestly, before we started leaving Nassau, like when we were still stuck there was, oh, like, what if we don't get back on Monday? Because my wife actually had a fly out for a work um, trip that Monday afternoon. So, and you know, we, we were local in Florida. So we just drove to and from Fort Canaveral. But that's that was our main concern. Like, that will we get back on Monday to be able to, you know, do all the things that we had planned? But, you know, that worry went away once we started pulling out of Nassau. Sam, any questions you have or things that you wanted to cover before we wrap up here? No, I think we covered everything. I think it's super helpful, Nick, to hear from someone who was on board because obviously we all had our opinions um, that we shared in our Facebook group about what was fair, what was not fair. Um, you know, And of course, some of that has to do with the communication by Disney. It sounds like that may have um, impacted the way people on board, frankly, viewed the compensation as well because... I think, you know, blaming the lack of stopping on weather and castaways is a bit of a cop out by Disney in that letter. So, you know, they should have sort of owned, they could have said, you know, due to our mechanical delay and, you know, it, it, and it delaying our ability to leave now, weather is, you know, preventing us from going in. If it was, if it's really was sort of the combination of the two um, rather than, you know, it's clearly not just weather. 
I heard two complaints about the communicate. One was the substance, which I think we've talked about. Um, and the weather thing, I don't I don't know, right? I'd like we'd have to go check the historical weather, right? Whatever, fine. But I agree, maybe just blame it on the mechanical issue and call it good. But the other thing I heard was the cadence of the communication was not great. That like the announcements were coming and then there was a, you know, basically a huge period overnight with nothing. People were waking up and they were still in NASA. And I will say, look, they're not gonna come over your room announcement precisely for the reason that Nick wouldn't want that to happen because his young children would wake up in the middle right just for an update just for an update which you don't want um but they could have sent some messaging to the app i suspect they didn't because frankly what i'm guessing was happening is they just didn't know what was going on right they knew things needed to be fixed they didn't have a good idea on the time frame of it and rather than just continually tell people we're working on it which sit for a minute in an airplane and get those announcements from the pilot where they tell you we're working on it we're working on it we're working and you're just like your anxiety is like uh get uh, more anxious uh, right, yeah. right like it's not helpful that communication doesn't really help you what you want is we're working on it and it will be fixed by and we will be leaving by and blah 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 so perhaps on the front end they didn't leave themselves enough outs so to speak on uh you know oh we're gonna make it to castaway no problem so then it sets them up for disappointment. But on the other side of it, I suspect what's going on is they're just waiting to make sure they could say definitively, we are going at the this other. time. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. And when they said we weren't leaving till 10, that also kind of raised my red flag. Like, oh, they're blaming this on weather, but why would you not leave till 10? Like, why wouldn't you have just left around 7 a.m. or 8 a.m.? You're not letting guests off. Um, and literally when they left at 10, that was probably the worst weather time. Like it was a sunny day. It wasn't really raining at all. It was over, a little overcast. But as we left, that's when the wind really started picking up, like to the point where in the afternoon when I went to try to ride the um, Aqua Mouse, they were only doing double riders. And literally five minutes after that, they said, you know what, the wind's too much. We're just shutting this thing down. So they left at like a worst weather time. So that that's kind of the other reason I thought the, the letter was a little of a cop out due to, you know, not stopping a castaway. I, I don't think they had their ducks in a line, like ready to start the ship until like 9 a.m. I bet if they... They could have left earlier. Yeah. I mean, I bet if they could have left earlier, they would have, but they, you know, they have to fix the problem and then they also have to test, right? Like they, they can't just like fix the problem and leave. They've got to fix and then they've got to make sure everything, they've got to double and triple and quadruple check to make sure everything is working properly before they leave. So, cause they don't want to be a, a you know, a ship stranded out at sea. NASA is not the worst place to be stuck at as far as, you know, they have access to airports and things like that if they if they needed to, you know, cancel everything, call it quits and send people home. Well, Nick, I just super appreciate you taking time out of your Sunday, especially with two little ones at home. Those days are not far behind us. And so I know how (laughs) trying that can be. So really, really appreciate you taking the time and coming on and and sharing the experience with us and just really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I just can't wait to the day where uh, my three-year-old will want to go into the kids club without mommy and daddy because that happened to us. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming soon. It's coming soon. soon, Yes, Yes, but he still has a one-year-old, so he's on his long to wait for that. well a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week we really really appreciate it please be sure to subscribe to the podcast you can keep getting great content from the dcl duo each week we'd also love it if you'd head over to apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review if you hit those five stars that's great if you leave us a written review along with a five-star review we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes if you're hovering over anything less than five stars we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback best way to do that head to dclduo.com to find all 
all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon if you'd like to help support the show. We really, truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402 402- 413-5590 and that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DC duo. Good night.